This is Hope FM. Well, yes, there we go. Uh, 15 minutes after 8, I'm delighted to say, joining me on the line this morning uh, for our community focus interview is Rabina Payne. He's the foster manager from the Children's Social Care Services at the BCP Council. Uh, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're very welcome. It's good to have you live here on Hope FM. Well, I guess the first question, I, I think I know the answer, but maybe you can help me. What is fostering uh, and what's the legal framework behind it? That's a really good question. So foster carers help support children through some of the most kind of difficult and traumatic periods of their life. So children who, for whatever reason, can't be in the care of their parents will come into the care of the local authority. There's lots of different types of foster carers. There's foster carers who will foster children for very short periods of time Mm -hmm. until the children can go go home to their parents. There's also foster carers who um, commit to supporting children throughout their childhood um, until they reach 18 and beyond. So it is really about um, us keeping our children safe and supporting children uh, through those periods of time. And what sort of situations lead to a child needing fostering care? I guess there's various different backgrounds and scenarios. Yes, you're right. It's... um, there's all sorts of reasons. I think really the bottom line is social workers try very hard to keep children with their families because, you know, we do know for children that's the best place for them to be. But if it's the case that children are unsafe um, and even with uh, tremendous support, they can't remain with their families, um, then they need to be in a place that's safe for them. Um, but during that time, I do know that our, our social workers and social care workers really try to support parents to um, have the tools to be able to care for their children safely or to get the support that they need. Um, so children that are coming to us uh, may have experienced abuse themselves. They may have been in homes where they were terribly unsafe. Uh, they might have been exposed to domestic violence. Um, there's all sorts of reasons. So the children coming in need really very special people who are able to understand their needs, are able to parent in a really therapeutic way yeah. um, and offer a healing environment environments to help our children to feel safe, to experience joy, and also, for the most part, to continue to have positive relationships with their parents because the majority of our children still see their parents and uh, still have contact with the parents, which is really important to them and their well-being as well. Yeah, and obviously to remain that, that continuity in terms of contact. Um, what do you think uh, are the main, if you like, attributes to, that would make you, know, you me, uh, a good foster carer? Well, firstly, I, I have so much admiration for our foster carers. Uh, you know, I have been... Um, in working with foster carers since 2009 and I can tell you I I don't think I would make a good foster carer I just think they are really special people and I feel really privileged to be able to be a part of their journey and support them foster carers need a tremendous amount of resilience I think that's the bottom line I think that um, some people come into fostering and possibly feel that um, the children might be very grateful for their help and um, they might see changes right away and and that's not always the case and it, it, you know it's a long journey with some of our children so carers need to be highly resilient they need to have and, and this is something they can develop but they need to have insight into the the world of the child so in fostering we use a lot of therapy, therapeutic approaches and one of them is pace and pace really is a is a way of thinking and feeling and communicating and behaving that helps the child to feel safe. So PACE stands for playfulness, acceptance, curiosity, and empathy. Um, I think foster carers need a good sense of humour. 
Yeah. You know, they need to be able <laughs> to laugh when they feel like crying. They need to be able, and good communicators as well, I think. You know, they need to be able to communicate when they need support and help um, and be able to reach out and support other people. I think innately foster carers are really caring, supportive people. And, you know, one thing I'm really proud about in our fostering community in BCP is our foster carers are really supportive of each other. Mm. Um, and before the lockdown, there was they would have um, sewing evenings, sewing clubs, breakfast clubs, uh, coffee uh, clubs, and, and um, reaching out to each other, offering support when they, each other needs it. So not just for the children, I think really caring people are needed. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I certainly, you know, I'm, I'm a parent of, uh, of two uh, daughters. And I think, yeah, my, hat, my <laughs> hat's off ghost. <laughs> take my hat off to them. Um, who can become a foster carer and what sort of criteria are you looking for? So really, I think the bottom line is you need to have the time in your life uh, to foster. Um, anybody can apply to be foster carer, a foster carer. There's, there's no real criteria that rules anybody out. Um, so we like to hear from people from all walks of life and, and in all situations. Um, there was a kind of a myth that still that still exists, which I, I that frustrates me sometimes. That that me that. The myth is that, you know, you need to own your own home and you need to be um, settled and um, married. But you, you don't need to be any of those things. We have carers who um, are in rented accommodation. We have single carers. We have same-sex carers. We have carers who are married. We have carers who have brought their own children up and are looking for um, the children all left home and they feel the empty nest syndrome and they want to... Um, basically have another family really and and be still involved with children Mm. um and we also have um some brilliant carers who've never had their own children um and uh, make just tremendous carers and and i think one of the reasons is is because they come with a kind of a fresh slate and they don't have any pre-existing experience of working with children so they can really pick up the therapeutic type of parenting uh strategies and tools Mm. kind of really seamlessly so, yeah, so you need to have the time in your life, but also we do have different schemes within fostering that kind of fit different people's lifestyles. Right. So, for example, we have, if you're going to foster a little one, you know, you really do need to be at home. You, you can't be working and, and um, fostering a baby, for example. However, we do have schemes such as the supported lodging schemes, which is for carers who specifically foster 16 plus young people and many of our carers on that team they actually hold down full-time jobs alongside caring for our teenagers we have the shared care scheme which is carers who specifically offer kind of short breaks for parents and families in the community with children who have disabilities and that's really planned pieces of work so um, those types of carers could have work outside of kind of that sort of a scheme and, and those sorts of caring responsibilities. So it just really depends on right. kind of the type of fostering that you're looking to kind of um, get into, really. This is Hope FM. Uh, well, we talked about fostering a little bit before the, the break there. Um, I guess my next question is, how do you match, it must be a very difficult job, children or young people to the right foster carer? I guess, you know, how do you get that that, that, that link? Yeah, that is so incredibly important, and and that is the responsibility of of my team, the the fostering team, to do that. Um, 
we do that by getting all the information we can about the child or young person as their referral comes in, that there's a placement needed. Um, and then we go throughout the list of carers we have and we try to attribute, match attributes, match uh, strengths, match experience uh, to get it right. Some of it can be as basic as, you know, where the child goes to school. So if a foster carer has a child that goes to school in uh, Christchurch, it might not be realistic for the, the carer then to be taking the child to school in, in pool. No. So it, it, it goes from the very basic matching right the way up. And the other thing we have to get right is the match between children and placement, because a lot of our carers have uh, more than one uh, uh, looked after child placed with them. Uh, so we need to consider their needs as well. It's a big responsibility and we do work with our carers. Uh, to get it right and um, we give we do training uh, right at the beginning of their fostering journey to carers also about the kind of the questions to consider Um, one of the things that carers tell us is there's so much excitement having finished the assessment and waiting for that first telephone call that they're just inclined to say yes because you know it's been a long journey and and they're finally foster carers Um, and we give our carers a list of questions to to think about themselves um, before they say yes and and one of the tips we also give is um, say yes let me think about it hang up the phone yeah. think about the <laughs> pull back so you're in a calm state of mind as well take, take, yeah, that it take is five yeah. yeah absolutely um yeah. what sort of support you know if i was thinking of becoming a foster carer this morning i'm listening in i'm thinking yeah that could be for me could be right for me and my family we'd like to help and get involved what sort of support and training do you provide um from from yourself and, and the team and that's a, such an important question. I mean, as a local authority a fostering service, we've really established ourselves and embedded ourselves in a therapeutic uh, fostering approach. So we give our carers extensive training on the attachment theory, and that's um, an attachment style parenting, and that's about um, helping carers support children who perhaps haven't had a very good bonds and relationships early on with their their, their birth parents, um, and therefore um, so they're currently displaying very unregulated behaviour or disruptive behaviour. We give our carers support with um, understanding um, child development, um, understanding, um, it's a whole range really. So with the little leads, it would be understanding child development, um, uh, supporting very young children and babies. Um, And as you go up, we give lots of training on um, drugs and alcohol, um, keeping our young people safe in the community. We have some really skilled um, support workers in the team who are trained in uh, theraplay, um, who are trained in um, in, uh, non-violence resistance approach. That's about helping children, young people to de-escalate when they're feeling very heightened. Um, They're skilled in life story work. um, So that's about helping the young people understand their journey and understand why they came into care. So there's a huge amount of support there. Um, obviously, prior to COVID, we had lots of um, face-to-face training every week. There was something happening, some sort of focus group, support group, uh, face-to-face training. So in the whole new um, uh, non-face-to-face world we're living in now, we're starting to kind of um, put on uh, smaller groups, but smaller support groups via uh, Skype and um, team um, and other sorts of um, uh, devices we can use. As you can see, we're, we're all getting used to um, the, Absolutely. the new world. <laughs> a, a post-COVID-19 world that I often talk about at work. Yes, <laughs> yes, Think, things yes. change. Um, now, I know that a lot of uh, foster parents certainly are, obviously are not in it for the money, as they say, but what about financial support? I have to ask about the money. Um, how does it work and what sort of financial support is, is available? 
So I think that's a really good question. And uh, it, it is important that um, when uh, carers commit themselves and um, give up work, for example, to foster, that they are compensated for that and they're supported. So we do we do try to keep um, our fees and allowances very competitive with kind of the local market and other sort of fostering providers. We ensure that our allowances that we provide for carers for children match the government's recommended allowances. And there's also other allowances that we provide our carers as well. So we try to give a good package of support we also recognise that some of our more complex children, um, possibly the carers uh, need a greater support to be able to do that. So, for example, we have um, carers who are part of the resilience scheme that are helping young people step down from residential placements, for example, or some of our more high-end children. Their kind of support package, financial package, much might be more robust or bespoke. So we really try to uh, tailor it to kind of the, the, the child that's coming in the skill level of the carer as well. Um, and it's all very clear and transparent as well to carers coming in. We go through that in great detail with them. So they're really aware of what it is so, that we so offer. So they know, in effect, you know, what, what the support's going to be. Yes, um, what absolutely. Would you, what would you say to people maybe listening in this morning thinking, well, actually, yeah, I'm thinking about it. But what what would you say that a foster carer, would they would get out of it, if you like? Not that they do it for that. And what, what, what do you think, you know, why should they do it? What, what would be your advice this morning? Oh, my goodness. You know, it, it, I, I, if I think on a personal level, you know, so many social workers come into social work because they want to make a difference, you yeah. know, and they, they want to help, they want to change a life. And, you know, my journey in the fostering team, I would absolutely say that if you really want to change a life and make the world a better place and be a part of something really special, oh, my goodness, foster. Because that's, that's how you do it. You, don't, you won't always get the rewards right away. You might not see a change right away, but that care and that nurture and that, you know, that the, the resilience that you show in, in, in the face of great challenge from some of our children, yeah. you know, makes a huge difference for these children. And showing a child that, you know, there, there are parents and carers who are consistent, who show up, you know, despite what they throw at you, despite the rejection, you know, despite the sleepless nights, you know, you are consistent and you're there for them. That is such a blessing to be able to kind of you know give that back and, and to um give that to a child now what i would say is if you're coming in to find um great reward right away <laughs> you might not find that right away but like all parents sometimes it's you look back and you think oh do you know what i did a really good job and that was you know i really made a difference there and we have carers who um for example support little babies who come to them who are withdrawing because they're the mothers were using uh, drugs during pregnancy and really unwell little babies and they support that baby through all those sleepless nights. They're part of the adoption process and they're still part of these children's lives and you know, great friends with the adopters and their families expand and we have other carers who have had young people, teenagers come and stay with them and live with them for many years and they support this young person through significant challenges you know, into independence. And this young person is now an adult and brings their own children back, you know, to visit. And they're part of a bigger, wider family. So there's huge, huge uh, rewards emotionally and, and feeling like you've done something really quite special yeah, I guess uh, in fostering. You, you can't be looking back at that person as they grow up and develop as a, a young um, 
a great member of society oh, and think, actually, you know, I played a very small part in that, and that, and that must be Absolutely. tremendously rewarding. Um, I guess, Rubina, my, my last question before we go to some music is, how can I find out more? Maybe we're listening this morning. Um, how can we find out more? What, is there a phone number, a website, just to, you know, to take it to the next stage? Absolutely. So uh, the, the easiest way to find us, is, if you're online, is just to uh, type into a search engine, Foster for BCP, and the BCP website comes up straight away, um, and there's all the contact details on there. We do have an 0800 number. So right. that's uh, uh, 009 3084. That is actually all on the website as well. So that's probably the easiest. There's more information about all the different types of fostering on there as well, all the different schemes. Um, there's more information about the training and the support and also the individual support that foster carers get from their social workers. So all foster families have their individual social worker who's there to support, to guide, to be that listening ear, to advocate for them throughout their whole fostering journey. And to, and to mentor them. And just that, that free phone number again, the 0800 number? Yes, so that's 0800 009 3084. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.